brand new episode of Rory Kelsey's Therapy Sessions coming at you. Pow, pow! I'm sorry, are you saying pow? What's going on, everybody? Uh, Rory Kelsey here with another installment of Rory Kelsey's Therapy Sessions. Uh, Tonight, I have a good friend of mine from high school, uh, Brad Perry. Uh, Brad and I have known each other a little over 10 years now. Uh, We uh, played some sports together. I think just football, actually. Um, But yeah, we uh, graduated high school together from uh, Reed Custer. Um, Got a lot of stories, got a lot of memories. Um, We also have uh, a lot of things that we can share with you guys that we kind of went through together. And uh, I know Brad uh, graciously um, volunteered a lot of his audio equipment for tonight's episode. So if tonight sounds uh, a lot better audio wise from the other episodes you can thank brad perry for that because uh, he hooked us up pretty good so uh brad how you doing man i'm doing all right thank you for the intro (laughs) it's nice to be able to use some of the audio equipment yeah why do you have all this audio equipment well i always kind of wanted to be able to like record myself playing guitar and stuff and i just never really had any way to do it so i basically just like okay well i'm just saving money i might as well spend it on something yeah there you go i mean it's always good to have something to fall back on if you get bored or hobbies and whatnot should i get religious real quick (laughs) what so the first big boy job i got my co-worker the shop lead joe basket joey baskets i was having a rough day and uh he told me, like, you're supposed to be going out there and making stuff, basically, like, get back to work, Brad. And he just kind of said, like, you know, if God made us in his image and he's the creator, then aren't we supposed to be making stuff? So that's what I kind of like about music, I think, is that, like, it does feel good to, like, make something, to be able to, like, step back and look at it or listen to it. Yeah. And I I'm get not that. saying that's, like, I mean, I'm just saying it feels good. Like, when you paint a wall and you're like, damn. It actually looks less shitty now. Yeah, right. I mean, no, I get that. I write. I'm a, I don't know if you knew that about me, but I write. I've written screenplays, books, short stories, poems, dumb shit like that. That's awesome. Yeah, man. I go back uh, 90% of the time when I look back at it or read over it, I hate it. I think it's garbage. I want to throw it away and never oh, yeah, see that's it a, again. That's everything I, that I've ever recorded. But that's every artist, right? <laughs> you just stare at it until you hate it. Like it could be the, the Godfather, and I'm sure. Like Al Pacino will watch The Godfather and be like, God, I sucked. Yeah. Oh, I sucked. But it's The Godfather, greatest movie of all time. You know, it's just it's just what artists do, man. So I get that. So one thing that I've noticed about that is when I go back and I listen to something that I made like three or four months ago, it sounds way better. And I think that it's something about you having heard it so many times or mm-hmm. thought through the words so many times that like eventually like anyone would get sick of it hearing it as many times as you've heard it yourself yeah mine is like uh almost like paranoia like i say like my screenplay say if my screenplay ever got made into a movie like are the audience reactions going to be the way that i think they are going to be or if i hope they're going to be like with a certain character or with a storyline or uh, a resolution to a, a a problem or something like i'm like i i'm very like anxious about how people perceive my work and it took me years to even share any of my work with somebody like now i'll if 
anybody wants to, I'll I'll share my screenplay with them just because I am actually proud of it. I mean, I've been told by a buddy of mine um, that it's too long and impossible to make uh, unless you had a big budget from a big uh, studio. So it's just kind of a passion project of mine now. So, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's just one of those things, man. We could start small. We could get some some actors together and some iPhones. <laughs> see how it turns out yeah hopefully somebody calls me randomly in the middle of the week saying that they have uh, some uh, film equipment that we can use yeah yeah that stuff gets expensive yeah i bet the audio stuff's a little cheaper than the video stuff yeah i like it that's why i just sit and wait for people to call me and say that i can borrow their stuff hey if it works out for you <laughs> uh, yeah i mean it's working out now right yeah well like i said it's just nice to actually like have a legitimate use for it yeah, man. I mean, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad you called me. I'm glad. Uh, I know you kept saying that you didn't want to come on. You just wanted to let me use the equipment, but yeah. But then Brad Gutzman had to move to Missouri. Hey, I'm not allowed to name drop. That yeah, wasn't could... one of the rules. <laughs> Brad Gutzman is fine. He's just he's taking his lady out to dinner tonight. He's being a good man. He's being a good boyfriend. That's fair. You're what? You're sitting with me eating pizza. My girlfriend left me. She didn't. She's in Florida getting yeah, an education. Yeah, she left me to go to Florida. She's going to doctor school, people. She has to support this man and his habit of buying expensive musical equipment. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate her. She's good to me. Yeah, she's a good girl. I, me- I remember her from high school, so. Good job on that one. Thanks. Yeah. The Rumplements gave me the bravery to go up and talk to her. Hey, Rumplements. Isn't that was isn't it's full name Dr. Rumplements or no? No, that's Dr. McGillicuddy's. Dr. McGillicuddy. Okay. So Rumplements, the beauty of it is that uh it makes your breath smell good. Yeah, it's like mouthwash. So I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, I won't use any names, but we actually had a kid in tech school that he used to he kind of started drinking at tech school. As and he do. tended to throw up at every party. As someone would do. And uh one of the guys was like, well, I mean, if we get him drinking rumple mints, at least his puke won't smell. In the first night that he was drinking the rumple mints, peppermint just wafted through the air towards the group of us playing flip cup, and we all just knew. Yeah. It worked, though. Yeah, it's... Uh, that, see? Mm. Well, thank you. No, it's, it's not great. No, it's not. It's the it's like the opposite of great. It's like the worst thing that could happen. Well, the peppermint covers Maybe not the worst for thing. the Everclear. What was that green stuff that I used to drink? Green stuff? Yeah, it was like really strong. I forgot. Terrible. I took a shot of it at like 6.30 in the morning on Spencer Butler's 21st birthday for him. Recorded it, sent it to him. And Spencer Butler, love you, Spence. You know how he is. He saw that video and he was like, dude, calm down. <laughs> so I was like, oh shit. Maybe. Was it that Malort stuff? You ever have that? <sighs> God, I don't know. Where's my producer? He should look this up for me. Huh? Oh, yeah. Here, let me look it up. Uh, so we were down in Missouri and uh, someone was passing a bottle of Malort around the campfire. And I took a drink of it and it was like my body's natural reaction was just to coat my mouth in mucus. It's disgusting. Yeah. That's the worst stuff ever. I don't know if it's true, but I guess the story behind it is that there was a guy, real old guy, that made alcohol that like lost his sense of smell 
and his sense of taste kind of goes along with that, I guess. Yeah. And he just wanted to make something so strong that he could actually taste it. Oh, my God. I don't know if that's true, but I'm sure he could taste it. That sounds terrible. By the way, the drink was called Absinthe. 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 Oh. Is yeah. that one of those really bitter, gross ones, too? I've heard of it. Yeah, it's not It's not good. It was not good. It was just the only liquor bottle I could find on that morning of Spencer's birthday. So Campari's a good one to try, too. Oy. We got a crate of old liquor from the neighbors when they were moving out. And, uh, yeah, we didn't drink the Campari. So what made you want to start the podcast? Can I interview you? I mean, if you want, shit. Do whatever you want, Brad. This is your audio equipment, so obviously it's your show. Well, it would be useless without your podcast. So, I mean, you kind of went over, like, why you started the show in the first yeah. episode. But I think that it's neat that you actually went and do it. And I didn't even know that you, like, wrote stuff. Yeah. So that kind of makes sense. So you're kind of, like, a creator in other ways. Yeah, I mean, as far as the podcast goes, um, I don't know. I just... uh for me, okay, so my story, I don't know if you remember, I don't know if you saw it or what, or whatever, but in 2014, after uh, Robin Williams passed away, um, I don't know why, but it hit me pretty hard just because of how he went out, you know, yeah. uh, taking his life, because um, I was in a recovering stage of the darkest part of my life, and it was still, like, on the front, I looked fine, like, I felt better, I was working out, I was, you know, I was 21, like, everything was good, and then there were still some hard times for me, but then when Robin Williams happened, I was just like, God, that man was like everything. He had everything and not even just having everything, just like just the joy he brought people, you know what I mean? And seeing him go just really hit me. And like, it was like two days after his death. I was, I went to the gym. I had like a really intense emotional workout, which usually happened when I was down. But this one was like intense because the gym I went to had a, a heavy bag in the back dance room. And I would always end my workout with like a 20 minute, 30 minute session. But for like this night, I was like beating the hell out of this bag for like 45 minutes, like nonstop, like drenched in sweat. Like I, <laughs> the dance room had like, it was like, I, I would turn the lights off and I would close the door and I would just beat the hell out of this bag and people would like walk in, they'd see me and they're like, Ugh, and then walk right back out. So <laughs> I, I always had the room to myself and I was just like beating the hell out of this bag. And I just remember like, st- I like collapsed like my whole body just like collapsed into the bag and i like held on to it to like keep myself up and i just started like crying in the gym which i was like fuck man so i got out of there i went home i got in the shower and in my shower I just like something was in my head it was like like something was telling me like you need to you need to do something you need to you need to say something you need to record something you need to just put Let something it out somehow you yeah. need to yeah you just need to put it out there right so uh I went, I was living with my cousin at the time and, uh, I went downstairs, my, I was living in the basement. I went into the basement, I got dressed real quick and I just like sat on my floor and I set up like a little prop stand right in front of me and I just put my phone in front of me. I hit record, didn't even know exactly what I was going to talk about or what I was going to say, but excuse me, I just started talking and, uh, it was right around the time of that ice bucket challenge, the ALS stuff. So that was like the big fad craze at the time. And um, so I started talking about that. But then I just went into um, like mental health awareness stuff and like the stigma around it and like how nobody talks about it or not enough people talk about it. And I just went into it and I kind of told a little bit of my story about how 
like I wasn't far off from Robin Williams with where I was. Uh, I told that story on a couple episodes ago. Um, the uh, story about me and my dad's bathroom. Um, so it just hit me and like, I just talked about it and then I was, and I just wanted people to know, like, you're not alone because for so long I felt like I was so alone. Like I had nobody had no one to talk to. I had nowhere to go. It was just me stuck alone in this cold, dark basement, literally. And I just got on there and I told everybody like, Hey, you're not alone. And I literally put my phone number on it. I said, if you need someone to talk to, if the suicide hotline is not who you want to call, call me. Right. And I think I do actually remember so seeing that post. I posted I it. Shared by quite a few people too. Yeah. It, I mean, it didn't go viral, viral or well, anything. I mean, people but, that we knew though. But like it started that way. But then like people I knew were contacting me, which was cool. Like I remember that first night I was up to like three in the morning talking to people and I'd work the next day, but I didn't care. I was like, oh my God. And then. I started getting phone calls from people from, I remember like South Carolina, Ohio, someone called me from Georgia, someone called me from California, like all over the country, people were contacting me because they saw the video and they were telling me their stories, it's a complete stranger, just telling them their stories. And I was just like, gut wrench. I was like, oh my God. Like, Did you feel like that was maybe too much to take on at that time in your life? Well, I mean, I can't imagine like if I was dealing with something and then having everyone else tell me also what they were dealing with. I mean, it's amazing that you go and do that, but I'm yeah. just thinking from my perspective that I mean, yeah. it had to be kind of rough. What you said, perspective. So you got to look at the perspective of it. So my perspective was, at the time, I wasn't really, uh, I didn't see my counselor in a few years. So my mindset was, oh, my problems aren't as bad as everybody else's, so they're not valid, right? So I just focused all my attention on their problems. And some of these stories, man, were just heartbreaking. Oh my gosh, I couldn't even imagine. And there was one story in particular. This guy contacted me and he told me the story. And I, I won't repeat it, but I was just like, holy cow. And he's coming to me asking me for help, for advice to feel better. And I just kind of just kind of gave him what I popped into my head, you know? And yeah. he, I mean, he told me it helped, right? And like from that guy coming to me, telling me the story that he told me to me, just coming up with whatever I had in my head to try to make this guy feel a little bit better. He was like, it was like almost not a 180, but it was a huge change. in just like in the hour that I was talking to him from the beginning to the end, I, I just couldn't believe it. And to this day, I just, I've never felt so satisfied in my life. It was like a calling. It was like, I've, I know what I need to do. I'm here to help people. Like I was given, I mean, it wasn't the worst childhood in the world, but it was a pretty shitty childhood for normal standards. Right. And like all this shit that's happened through me throughout my life, it's for a reason because I'm taking this, these experiences and I'm creating knowledge or I'm, I'm, I'm taking a knowledge and then I'm creating opportunities to help other people like by taking my hurt and sharing it with others and then helping them with it because I have like uh, the experience with it. So, so the ex I've, yeah, go ahead. I've always kind of felt cause like I used to go to counseling when I was a little kid, but I always noticed that I always seemed to feel better when I got done talking to one of my buddies or anything. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's true. It's what I kind of told myself after a while. It always kind of felt better. I think because like I knew that if it was one of my buddies and they weren't getting paid, 
a hundred bucks for every right. 30 minutes of it. I'm like, well, this person, like the only motivation that they have to listen and help is because they like me. Yeah. And because they always, care about you. Yeah. That's it. That's and a, especially like, from a complete stranger. I mean, that's how you can tell that someone cares when there's nothing in it for them, you know, yeah. I except mean, for helping you. Yeah. I, and, and that's it. Like you guys got to find somebody. And like, luckily my counselor, I know he cares about me because a lot of them do. I'm yeah. Not oh no, I'm not. I know, I mean, but clearly, like, even to I've seen the guy it. for over like 12 years now on and off, not consistently, but like, he's my counselor. He's the one I go to when I go to him. So, um, like I know he cares about me because like I can get into that story another or later or whatever, but, um, so going back to that video that happened seven, right? What year was it? 20. So six years ago, this, uh, August. Yeah. So six years ago, this August was when I posted that video. And shortly after that, I met Melissa and then the next year we had Rory and then we got married and then like life happened. Right. And so like all everything, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Cause I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm unbelievably blessed with my family. With it's a lot me. quick though. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it just all happened so fast. And, but some of my, one of my problems that I've had recently is like, I'm trying to find my purpose. Like I, I, I love being a father. I love being a husband. I love being a provider. That makes me feel good, but it's just not enough. There was something with that video that gave me some kind of fulfillment right and i it was just the best i've ever felt everyone around me knew it recognized it my my cousin who i lived with the three friends i had at the time realized it people at work realized it and i had to do with just helping people so like i've been trying to capture that sense and i i just never knew what to do i'm like well should i a couple years ago i'm like well should i make another video i don't know like i just didn't know what to do and I thought, well, maybe a podcast. Podcast has been on the mind for a while. A while. And I was like, yeah, I don't even know how to make a podcast. Like, I don't even know if people are going to listen. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, every excuse. Like, that's what people do. When they're too afraid of something, they just make it up an excuse, right? It's easy to do. It's do the easiest thing to do. When, you, when you're too afraid, you just make up an excuse, and then, boom, you don't have to do it, right? So, finally, uh, the morning or the day that I posted the original episode and trailer or whatever... I was, uh, I've been working with a guy doing side jobs. Uh, he, him and his buddy make decks or build decks and fences and stuff. And, uh, so I've been, I was working with him one day and, uh, uh, he's, re- he's a real good guy to talk to. He's an, uh, a little bit older than me. So he's got some more knowledge than me and more life, ex- a lot more life experience than me. So like, he likes to talk to me and like, I was just like thinking, I was like, man, like I would love, absolutely love to like, just get on a podcast and just talk about stuff. And he goes, yeah, man, that'd be cool. And then, like, he's a, he's a businessman. Like, he's owned a couple businesses. Like, he was a VP of uh, um, some kind of mechanics, whatever, distribution. So, like, he's a businessman. And he automatically, he just right away just went into, like, the business part portion of it. And I, I texted, like, immediately, I pulled out my phone and I texted my brother, Bobby. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, Bobby is my older brother who I just uh, kind of look up to because he's just, uh, like... I can get in, I can get into that. That's a whole. I can go into a whole episode about my brother. But anyway, so I texted him, and I said, "Hey, like, because I knew he was interested in podcasts. I'm like, hey, I'm thinking about starting a podcast. And I, I think I think that was just like uh, the the line. I was just throwing it out. 
yeah. see what I can get, maybe a couple nibbles, like you know what I mean. See what he would say because if Bobby was like, eh, I don't know, then I probably wouldn't have done it. Yeah, because that's how I look up to my brother. He well, said, it's good to have people like that in your life. That like, well, I mean, the reason that you asked him is because you trusted that if yes. he said no, you shouldn't. It probably wasn't a good idea. Yeah, because he wouldn't do that just for yeah no reason. And my brother is very mentally strong right now, something that I aspire to be. So getting his advice on it without actually asking for his advice. I said, Hey, I'm thinking about starting a podcast. He texts me back. That would be awesome. Next text. Try this anchor app. I heard good things about it. People use it. Yada, yada, yada. 10, 20 minutes later, I go on my lunch break. I'm sitting in my car. I download the app, the app, I check it out. I'm like, Oh, this is pretty dope. Oh, you can make a, like a little 30 minute trailer. That's cool. So I, I like, I wrote down like a script for my trailer. I recorded myself. I'm like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. I sent it to Bobby first and to get his, you know, his okay, his blessing. And he was just like, that was really good. I think you're onto something here. I'm like, dope. Let's go. Posted the trailer. Got some good feedback. People already, like, immediately, without even me posting an episode, were already saying, like, can't wait to listen. I think one or two guys actually asked me to come on to talk. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, uh, that night I came home and I recorded the first the first episode. It was just about me. Just to kind of give everybody a lowdown about me and who they're listening to and a little bit of my story. And um I mean the initial episode I got a lot of good feedback and a lot of response. And ever since I've had a guest every every time. So obviously people are wanting to come on the show and talk and stuff. And I think that's awesome. And I and the main goal is just like last week when my buddy Lawrence came on. I all I want this to be is a platform for people to come on and tell their story because just like you said sometimes just talking to a buddy just makes you feel better yep. and knowing that they're doing it on in their free time just listening and caring makes a person feel ten a thousand times better and that's all i want this I to mean, be counselors like i don't want to discredit no not at all anything like that because like they know the science and history behind yeah. how to help people but yeah my sister used to get mad all the time because she's into she's in the business and uh i would always tell her that going to the gym or beating up a, a punching bag is cheaper than therapy and she would always get mad because she i knows, mean it helps. she knows the importance of therapy though so like i was just joking around but yeah no i know what you mean and uh so like but i guess what it is is like you don't even need to hear anything from the some the person that you're telling about your problems right it just Having them listen yes. seems to, and I'm sure that that's a whole separate section of solving the problem in your yeah. own head than what a counselor it's, yeah. is trained to provide. It's they still do the listening, the but that's something that of, yeah. you need too, you know? It's all part of the process of the rehabilitation of getting better because a lot of times with mental health, we're never going to be 100% better. It's always going to be there. But that's just it just means you always have to work on it consistently. If you blow out your knee and you have a bum knee for the rest of your life, you can't just be like, well, that's it. And just never stretch it or strengthen it or do anything or else you're going to be crippled. It's go same with mental health. If you big like I've been diagnosed with. Well, I on your uh, other podcast. Sorry for interrupting. No, you're fine. But uh, you I can't remember if it was you or the other guy that was saying that, like, you felt bad about taking the medicine and he was like well i don't like taking medicine for my diabetes yeah that was my counselor but i mean that, yeah that's the i mean that's the truth yeah that's honestly like it's just it and that bothered me too because i've been so like pro 
like depression is a disease just like cancer is just like aids is just like diabetes is just like yada 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 and then but then like i've been too afraid to take the medicine you know what i mean yeah so it took my counselor well i mean any medicine's scary especially when oh yeah because you don't know what's gonna happen it's uh when it affects your yeah mind i I mean when uh uh, our last uh football game senior year when i got hurt when i got taken out of the on the ambulance like i was like in i was laying in the ambulance bed and first thing i hear is like get him started on a morphine and i've never been on morphine I, and i've only heard horror stories about morphine so i immediately was like no 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 i don't want to like i don't want to get addicted i don't want to because i was 17 young and dumb and didn't know and then there the paramedics were Oh no no it's okay you're not gonna get addicted that's it's only- temporary it's yeah. for tonight you're not gonna and sure enough as yeah. soon as they as soon as that morphine hit my bloodstream everything was better everything the tears stopped the pain went away like everything it was amazing yeah but and that I think that's the same for psych meds because I was terrified and it took me almost ten years to accept the fact that I needed to take medicine and take it. And actually take it. That that's just reality. Yeah. And I know a lot of people struggle with that. And like if I'm here to help people by telling my story and telling them that it's okay to not be okay and to get help to be better. Well, I mean, we're blessed that we live today where they have medicine. Yeah, right. That can because I mean, like, what would you have done? Well, I mean, God forbid you had those problems going on fifty years ago. I mean, mm-hmm. With the way that some of the... Oh, yeah. 200 years ago, they would have just thrown you down to Australia. Yeah. Which seems kind of nice. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's why they got all those weird names. Yeah. All their city names are weird. But yeah, man, like, you asked me why I started the podcast, and it's simple. To help. Because helping is what makes me feel better. It was, It's what makes me go. And it took me until 2014 when i made that video to realize that because well it's like getting even in yeah. a good way i mean yeah like, you know we've all been helped out a lot yeah oh my gosh i have so many people to pay back so like i owe it to them to pay it forward yeah. you know what i mean and if it means taking time out of my life to record a podcast and maybe like i record them at night after the kids go to sleep and i wake up early for work but sometimes i'm up till midnight recording or getting it all set up and ready and i have to wake up at four o'clock in the morning but that's fine sacrifices man that's what life's all about and um it's just it's something i wanted to do and i knew if i waited any longer it might not ever happen so like thank you bobby for giving me the reassurance to uh proceed with this and pursue it because honestly, if you didn't respond back to my initial text saying that it was awesome, I wouldn't be sitting here with Brad right now. So uh, thank you, Bobby. Uh, I love you. And um, I'm glad with everything that's happened to you in the last couple of years that everything, you're like the, your, your mindset and everything going on right now is just very inspirational. And I'm very proud of you. And I'm sorry to go off on a side sidebar there. Just uh, uh, That's all good. No, you're thankful. Yeah. Thank you, Bobby. Because I wouldn't have any. I mean, like, I think it's awesome what you're doing. Thank you. I've listened to three of the episodes and like they were really good. Hopefully, I mean, I don't want to have the worst episode of the bunch, no. but no, I have a feeling yours. This I is, get shy on the microphone. That's okay. Uh, I mean, we can we can talk about how we met. We could talk about actually. I have a pretty good story about you that you probably don't even know. Oh no, that doesn't sound good. No, it's fine. It's actually uh, 
It's a monumental moment in my life, and you don't even realize it. Monumental, you say? Yes. Well, I'm interested now. <laughs> All right. You and a former girlfriend of yours, won't say any names, were the first two people to ever get me drunk. Oh, I'm sorry about that. No, it's monumental. It's a first for everything, right? And first time I got drunk was at the Braywood Wreck in the woods that one night after, what, junior year? We went camping. Oh. And you guys were like, I want to see you drunk. And you kept, you bottle, you basically gave me your bottle of Captain Morgan. I was just following her lead. You know what? But you and I are friends and me and her aren't. So it was a good time. It was a great time. And I just remember I was like, I've never been drunk before. So I didn't know what the feeling was like. And I was just down in that bottle. I didn't know we were corrupting you. No, you weren't corrupting me. I was young and impressionable you know it's so were we <laughs> exactly you guys are the same age as me so i was just catching up you guys are a little ahead of the game and i just remember sitting in that i was sitting in that folding chair the whole time drinking that bottle and i'm like this is nothing like i'm not drunk <laughs> this is weak. <laughs> and then all of a sudden i'm like oh i gotta pee and i stood <laughs> up, stood up yeah. i stood up and like my legs were like nope and i fell right back down on my seat i'm like oh no <laughs> and i'm like oh yeah that that captain will get you yeah it snuck up on me and but that was the first time and that was you bud that was your bottle your your alcohol that is monumental that's like a that's what i'm wow. saying so forever you'll be uh embedded in my heart a small portion of it or maybe my liver better yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's good <laughs> yeah so i'm uh, i'm glad you know that story now See, you feel better, right? I do. Yeah. You're always a fun guy to be around though, so I'm glad. I'm 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 glad we and you still hang out. Like you're in my fantasy league and uh you used to give me shit because I used to always bug you because you didn't want to play in my handballs because you got old and fat and lazy. It's a, it a lot of running, man. It's a lot of running. <laughs> I played in that but one I just and to I hang tore out it up. You. I just wanted to hang out with you, bro. I know. You're always a good time. I'm more of a pizza and a movie kind of guy. So I like take me and out like on the movies. dates that I like, Rory. Dairy Queen. I remember didn't you work at Dairy Queen? Oh, it was the best job ever. Yeah, I remember. I pulled up and you were working. I was like, Brad. And it was like almost Thanksgiving. And like you immediately knew what I was gonna ask you. And like before I could even ask, you're like, I'm not playing in your stupid football game. <laughs> I was like, come on. <laughs> the one year that I did go. It was a lot of fun. I get kind of like anxiety about signing up for things. Like this? Huh? Um, yeah. Don't be nervous. Well, so like... We're just conversing, that's all. I just get like anxiety about stuff. I get. I call it getting caught in a loop. Mm-hmm. Um, so like just on the right here, there's that bridge in between Lorenzo. And all that you need to know is it's a bridge. It's yes. Not normally afraid of bridges. But it goes down to one lane just after the bridge. So there's like bumper-to-bumper traffic on both lanes. Semis, most of them were semis. And like I just had this thought like, I wonder if this bridge was designed to hold all of these semis at once. Because, you know, cars are normally spaced out. Yeah. Oh, Aren't you an engineer? Shouldn't you know that? I'm not an engineer. I am a instrumentation slash electronics technician electrician what is that um so i work at a place that makes soap and the equipment and hand sanitizer we do good work i bet you guys killed it this summer yeah yeah we didn't really lose much business i'm sure but uh i basically just make sure that all of the temperature 
instruments and the flow instruments that tell you how much fluid you've got moving around the different pressures i make sure that that's all calibrated i change out light bulbs very important job a lot of people don't really think about it but i mean what are you going to do if you don't have any lights light candles oh there's flammable stuff out there you're probably better off we have a lot of explosion proof lights out there too nice yeah they're really heavy i love them when you get to put one of those up <laughs> i should probably get in the gym that would probably help quite a bit though you should you were a fucking beast in high school you were just telling me earlier that you were squatting like 800 or something i think it was 900 oh, god you were a freak you're a big boy it wasn't quite 800 y'all but it wasn't far off you what What were you pulling to on your deadlifts uh, oh i didn't do deadlifts you didn't remember i would just go skateboarding instead of but you had, going to you had fucking tree trunks bro like you were just yeah that's because i've been skateboarding for like five years i guess i mean it, it helps some skinny ass skateboarders though oh yeah their legs are all strong i'm i mean i'm sure maybe endurance conditioning well zarecki like i don't know if you've ever seen him play soccer i think he was playing soccer before he started skateboarding but well, soccer yeah those soccer boys have monster legs yeah, yeah you would be still bro like we played what two years of football together yep. junior, junior senior year and you play you were you were like an old lineman and like linebacker d-line like fucking fullback I remember senior year. I like year, playing fullback most. Senior year, you were too good at being a fullback that they took you off the offensive line and replaced you with your brother. He wasn't too bad on it. Yeah, line. he was. Uh, he was great. I was just like, come I on. Think he was like I was. Me. I give. I was the starting running back. Me and Cunning were the running backs, and uh, they take Brad off the old line. I'm like, he's like our best lineman, and then they put his brother in, and I'm like, I've never played with his brother, and I'm like, oh crap. Ended up being a fucking stud. So I'm like, all right, that's cool. But then they put Brad in it, like uh, H-back, whatever the hell he called it. That was a dumbass offense senior year. But um, Well, I would always just pretend like I had the ball. And when I had the ball, I didn't try to do any of the cutesy stuff. No. I'd look for someone to hit so that I didn't <laughs> fall forward. So that made blocking pretty easy. I just pretended like I was running yeah. the ball. Oh, there's a linebacker. I'll hit him to stay up. Oh, God. Football was the worst. I had a lot of fun. I did too, but it was the worst. Yeah, but see, it was weird because, like, you know, I'm normally all hyper and everything. But before those football games, oh, like, yeah. I just wanted Scary. everything to calm down as much as possible. I don't know why Brandon's yelling at me. <laughs> like, I appreciate it in a way. But, like, let's just let's take some deep breaths here, guys. We got a lot of football ahead of us. <sighs> at practice, it was a different story, though. Didn't you and Cunning, like, have a competition about who can break their helmet first or something? Uh Yeah. Probably wasn't the best idea. <laughs> you win, but uh, so like my my helmet had bad paint on it. And so every time I would hit someone, That's you joke. just have flakes of paint flying off. <laughs> of course, he brought that up. I'm like, no, nah, I guess I just hit harder than you. Yeah, which probably wasn't the case. Cunning he had a little did, more speed going into remember, his hits than I did. Remember when Cunning stormed out of uh, jokingly stormed out of our film session after uh, the Seneca game? Because you and him combined for like 32 tackles or something like that. And, and you I had, had two more. You than had him. two more than him. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that was great. We talked a little bit about me and my story, but you know, like you're my guest. Like I want to hear from you, man. So like, I mean, I know you went through some stuff in high school. Um, I don't know how well documented that is, but I mean, that was over 10 years ago, unfortunately. Um, we're getting old. How you doing since, man? Like, I haven't really talked to you about it ever, so I just 
want to know how you're doing. I'm doing pretty good. I like where I'm at right now. Um, I've kind of figured out ways to deal with things in a little, I don't know if it's necessarily healthier, but it certainly works better for me. Mm-hmm. Not to say it'd work good for anyone, but, uh, so yeah, back in high school, like I remember my brother was going through quite a bit that affected me. Um, I had gone through a breakup that I probably didn't handle the best. Cause I think I was kind of, uh, I think it kind of doubled up the stuff that was going on with my brother and the family and the breakup. Sure. And, uh, I felt like it was probably like mm, the sadness had a lot of anxiety tied in with it. It's like I was fortunate to never really have any suicidal thoughts. Um, I just, it never really crossed my mind, which I'm very fortunate for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was to the point where any little thing that would happen would just flip a switch and then I'd either get like really sad or really angry. Like I remember it was just, it was any normal day at school, like nothing bad had gone, had happened that day. Honestly, I guess that's what depression is. is You don't necessarily know why you're sad. Cause I mean, there's all that stuff in the background that you recognize like, Hey, this is something that it makes sense to be sad about. But like none of that's really happening in front of you. It's like your subconscious is just obsessed with it. And uh, I remember someone bumped into me in the hallway, complete accident. And I remember just swinging around the same way that they bumped me and just punching a locker as hard as I could. And like, that's not something that I did. I don't go off and punch things. So uh, we decided that I should probably go see a counselor. Um, during this time I was still showing up to school, getting good grades. Mm-hmm. Um, I got put on, I'm not sure what the medication was. I don't know if it was an antidepressant or like an anti-anxiety medication. Um, but for me, it definitely made me less sad, but I think that I, the anxiety is the reason that I'd show up to school. I think that anxieties something that everyone has. And I think that it's, I think that a lot of what people call motivation Mm. is probably a little bit of anxiety. Yeah. The whole like feeling of like, maybe I should get up off my ass and do something with my life. At least for me, that feels a whole lot like anxiety. And yeah, the medicine, it kind of, uh, didn't really help my motivation. Now that being said, uh, we never, I never really communicated that to the uh, counselor or psychologist, whatever she was. So that's on me, because I'm sure that they had a lot of different medications out there that would have worked a whole lot better. But um, I kind of decided on my own that I should go off the medicine. Uh, went off at things, of course, didn't get better. Uh, the big step for me, I think, was... I heard a buddy of high school talking about the school that he was going to, a tech school in Missouri, to learn how to work on electronics and stuff. And that seemed really interested to me. And at that 
point in my life, I just kind of needed to get away from everything. Uh, so I just kind of took the chance. Um, I think that sometimes if that's what's why I'm fortunate to have it happen at that point in my life is I could easily just go and do something new. I know that not everyone has that opportunity, but, uh, yeah, so I pulled the trigger, got signed up for that. And I think that it gave me something completely different to focus on something that like if you had that stuff running in the background, it was going to be very difficult mm-hmm. to study the material and think through all the logic of it. It's hard to keep focus. Yep. And then during that time, which it was my first time being outside of my hometown, I met a lot of other people down there, uh, two very good friends still to this day, Webb and London, who I ended up living with for quite a bit of time after that in Missouri. And, uh, just hearing everyone else's stories, it kind of helped put things in perspective for me. And then eventually I kind of would start keeping track of like what would make me sad and what didn't make me sad. And one thing that I noticed is like on a day when I wasn't having a good day and I spilled my coffee, it would be like, oh my God. God, I spilled my coffee and it would just feel like, I mean, it would feel like the end of the world. It'd be like, what? I can't do anything right. I can't even drink coffee. Right. But then I also noticed that when I was having a good day and I spilled my coffee, I'd just go buy another coffee. So I think that, well, I know that I started kind of taking note of that. And then when I was having a bad day, I would think back, okay, how would I, what do I normally do when this happens and I'm not having a bad day? Because it's the same situation. Mm -hmm. And uh, slowly over time, that helped me kind of not have those bad days go on for so long. Because once you can get back to your favorite reality, being happy, then it, it just gets easier and easier and easier. You know, you can build in a downward way where you're so upset that you spilled your coffee yep. that if you do go get another coffee, you're going to lock your car keys in your car because you're just so out of whack, not paying attention to yeah. what's in front of you. And I mean, like, you can legit have a terrible day by letting all that build up. Uh, but if you, and it's not easy, like I said, like I had to work on it a lot. But, uh, I mean, it seems to have changed things for me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm glad that it works for me. I don't really know what else to say about it. I mean, I mean, how are you doing now? I mean, it's been a couple of years. You've been out of college, right? You've been working. Yep. I'm doing a, good. Yeah. You got a girlfriend. Everything's, everything's yep. getting The family's better. doing great. Yeah. Uh, I think that when all that was going on, I might have been trying to fix something that it wasn't possible for me to fix and i think that that took a big toll on me i mean at some point you have to recognize that you have to step back for yourself mm-hmm. even well i mean if you're getting angry trying to help someone how much are you really going to be able to help them yeah it's the frustration part of it yeah like piss them off that'll make them do better yeah no yeah 
So I think I definitely learned a lot about that and kind of <clears throat> thought a lot about why I make the decisions I do and why I feel the way that I do. Uh, that's just what works for me. So Man. it's not advice. No. I'm just telling you. Not at all. It's your story. Yeah. It's your life. It's your rehabilitation. And I mean, I still like some days I'll wake up and I'll just be like, well, right. <laughs> what should I do? Just go back to sleep. But I've gotten pretty good at just skipping out of that. Um, my view on it, well, it's that I know that every day starts out the same for me. Mm -hmm. So why would I let it turn into anything different? Yeah, I mean, I get that. Waking up in the morning and, you know, not wanting to get out of bed, not wanting to do anything. Which it still happens to yeah, me. Yeah, every day. Well, not every day, but... And I'm not going to say that I'm like the most motivated person on the planet and I just get up out of bed and get it every day. No, I don't think anybody could say that. But when I do, I feel better. <laughs> yeah. When you wake up, you feel motivated and like you have a, not even so much like a, like something simple like today, it's Friday. Oh, it's Friday. Since like one more day of work and then the weekend, unless you work weekends, then I'm sorry. Yeah, it's rough. But like, it's just, it's always like, it's almost like you got to find something. Just one little thing, you know? Like for me, it was, yeah, it's Friday and I, I got the weekend, but then I was like, well, I get. Brad's coming over tonight, and we get to hang out, and an old buddy I was mine. excited. I was excited, too. Like, Well, I still am excited to be here. <laughs> I get shy in front of the microphone, but I'm happy to be here. No, it's okay. I mean, that, yeah, it was just one thing that helped me get through that, and even helped me get through yesterday. Like, yesterday was a really rough day at work. It was a lot of heavy lifting, and, you know, uh, I, I came home, and I was in a lot of pain. My shoulders, I, uh, I've documented unhealthy shoulders, and... Uh, they look good. Oh, thanks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm married, Brad. Um, Fair enough. Uh, We're gonna no, have to so edit like, that uh, out. yeah, I took some Biofreeze and uh, ibuprofen, and I went to bed. And but what got me through that hard day yesterday was just like, well, tomorrow's Friday, and you know it's the weekend, and then Brad's gonna come over, and we're gonna have a good night together, and you know it's gonna be a good time because I, I like talking to Brad. He's a good guy. He's fun. He makes life more enjoyable. Um, well, thank you. No, I'm serious. You make life. I mean, this is awesome that you let me come over and do this. Dude, you're welcome anytime. If you want to come over and just be my producer and sit on a laptop and put in It's easier effects. than having to talk into the microphone. This isn't easy. I know. So that. everyone that was on the podcast before me, mad, mad respect. Yeah. But I think, uh, no, like, those guys, like, we did it over the phone, so they were in the comfort of their own home and everything. And you know, it was just like a phone conversation. But here, you're you're in person. You're sitting in front of me. You're looking me in the eye while you're telling me your story, and that's intimidating. It's very intimidating. It took me a long time to be able to look someone in the eye and tell them that I've thought about killing myself numerous times in my life. Yeah, it's hard. So well, I, there's I, nothing about that that's easy. I, no, I can't imagine. But then the other guys like that were on, like I can't imagine the stuff that they're going through, like. The stuff that Connor went through from his hospital stay, the stuff that CJ's going through with his son. I mean, Lawrence, oh my God. The guy, like, his, he just sounds like a superhero. And he's, like, just walking around like a living miracle. Yeah. And, like, I couldn't imagine. But it's just, it goes to my video from years ago where I told myself, like, these people's stories are worse than mine. So I need to focus on them. And I guess there's still a little bit of that, but. 
this is all all I want this to be is just uh like I said, a platform for people to come and get better. If they come out of it feeling better, great. I'm not saying I'm going to solve your problems because you came on my podcast and you told the world that you have this or that or the other thing. Well, but, problems are so complex. I mean, yeah. I mean, they're as complex as the human brain that forms them, right? Yeah. But I like mean, something small, like just if you come on your my podcast or if you even, not even my, I don't even want to pat myself on the back. If you just talk to somebody, anybody, just have a normal conversation and that made you feel better and that made you go to bed a little bit easier that night. And that's another thing. That's sleep. Sleep is huge. Sleep. So like, hard when you're going through a yeah, rough patch. Because I though. used to, well, I mean, I used to just, if I was having a bad day, then I'd probably just stay up all night. I don't know if it was just to make things worse. Because, like, there were some nights where I didn't even try. Mm. I knew that it would be difficult to fall asleep. But, yeah, there were some nights where I just didn't even try. So, you I mean. Want to. Yeah. I mean, why make my problems better? Right. When I could just continue it's, on the same cycle that I had started out that morning. And see, mine was just, my mind was always racing. My yeah. mind was always racing, no breaks, and it would just keep me up at night. Stand-up comedy really helped me out, listening to stand-up comedy. Oh, yeah. Uh, not even anything new. I'd like to hear just the same replays that I've always heard. Because it was still like my brain wanted to hear it, but it was easy to listen to because I didn't, like, I already knew where all of it was going. Yeah. And I think that music's done a lot of that for me too to help turn the brain off. Uh the last well since Bree left, I've been kind of trying to fall asleep without listening to music or stand-up comedy. And it's been going pretty good, but I think that I've just kind of gotten I've used the podcasts or the uh stand-up comedy and the music to maybe train my body how to go to sleep and then once it was turned off I just kind of know subconsciously that when my head hits the pillow 15 minutes and I'm out. Yeah. But it did not used to be like that. But I mean, I've always thought too much about why I've been upset or something. Yeah. Uh, And like, I mean, it's not always a good thing. Because that's what I call getting like caught in a loop where like you're sad. So you try to figure out why you're sad and you can't figure it out. So that makes you sad. Yep. And, uh, it's like, a, yeah, well, that's, that's probably what sleep does is it helps you kind of break out of that cycle or just finding like when I was going to tech school, we'd have these really long word problems where he'd just tell you, okay, here's a paragraph of information. How do you find out? how many times the wheel's going to turn based on like how many gallons of diesel fuel it's using mm-hmm. per minute in the and uh when i could get started in that it was always rough because my brain was always thinking about other things that weren't helpful to think about cuz thinking about them wasn't going to fix them it was always harder to get started but then once i got rolling on the problem Eventually, I'd just be fully invested in it, and I couldn't think about anything else. And it kind of, honestly, there was like a little euphoria of it when you do that for an hour straight or when you play guitar for an hour straight and you can focus on something that Mm -hmm. deeply. Because, I mean, that's what 
meditation is, I guess, right? Yeah. You focus Focusing on your breathing. Yeah. I think that there's just so much going on in everyone's brain at any one second, especially with like having a cell phone alone. Right. All the notifications. Like you can't even like sit down and meditate with your phone in the same room because you're going to get five notifications. So yeah, I think that that really helped. I think that I'm going to try doing that more is uh, getting away from my phone when I do things like play guitar and everything. Yeah. So that Because I haven't really, at work, it happens when you're working where you're fully invested. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I haven't really gotten into that mode with guitar in a really long time. Well, I think you should back up, try to get back into it because you were always really good. I still play guitar. I just I'm, am never fully focused on playing guitar anymore. Well, I, uh, from what I've heard from you in the past, I always thought you were a very good guitar player. I appreciate I remember that. In uh, Newsom's class, senior year, you and uh, was it? Might have been Nancy. I don't remember. Yep. But you guys, uh, you sang some song for a book report, and then, <laughs> and then somehow, some way, we convinced you to sing the song. Her eyes say yes. Which is a terrible song. It by is the a way. terrible song. I did not Nobody write it. Nobody listened to it. it is Don't look so up. bad. Yeah, but just I like that you know the name of the song though. Shh, top secret. <laughs> I just remember you Skanks playing knows. it, and like the whole class was singing it, and it was just so terrible. But we were teenage kids. We were well, I mean, it stupid. is a catchy song. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, the guy guy playing the guitar was pretty good, but the the report like. You playing the guitar and then Nancy singing, like it was good. And I could see there was something there with you. Like the way you used to, you would literally walk around the school with your guitar strapped around you. It was better than sitting in class. <laughs> you would just walk around the hallway. And like, I wouldn't get yelled at because you're at that like point somebody's drunk getting... uncle just walking around with a guitar in the middle of the hallway, just playing away. And I'm like, oh, it's just Brad. Yeah. It was fun. They let me get away with a lot in high school. Yeah, because and it made it. I mean, it made me want to show up. You weren't doing any harm to anybody. You were just bringing joy to people's lives. I mean, our principal wasn't the nicest guy. I didn't see it that way, but everybody else did. And I mean, he could have done more to be mean to me. He wasn't that bad. Yeah, I think that every time that I sat in his office, like I never, like I never asked him, like, why am I here? Uh, okay. I could be disruptive at times. That's okay. I mean, you were voted loudest senior. Yeah. Well, Shout yeah. out to Katie and Brad, loudest seniors, Reed Custer High, class of 2011. Yeah, we covered the full frequency range. Yeah, too. that was pretty. That was probably the most accurate vote. The for the uh, the senior, whatever you want to call them. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, I think that uh, the unquestioned champions. Yeah, your octaves, man. They get up there. Uh, uh, they shouldn't. I should. <laughs> well, no, that's not, that, but that's what makes you you. And it, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier when you got pelted in the side of the head with a football that one day, and for three days you didn't make a sound, you didn't talk, you didn't nothing. I was angry, and everybody would so like. I never was, but a lot of people would always complain like Brad is so loud and he's so annoying. Oh, blah, blah, blah. But like those three days where you didn't talk, everybody was like dude, what the fuck's wrong with Brad? Like, can he go back to normal? Because we don't like this. We like to know, like, it was like one of those. I like to make everything fun. You do. And like, it was just one of those things. And I remember walking up to you after like, it was like the third day. It was at football practice. You finally broke out of it and you started joking around again. And I remember walking up to you and like, I'm like, I'm so glad that you're back. 
because these last three days, two days, whatever, sucked. You're a naturally fun, funny guy, and for one little dumb prank and probably concussion, just to wipe you out for a couple days, sucked. You know? I didn't enjoy it either. I, I watched <laughs> it happen, and I didn't enjoy it. I'm like, why the fuck would he do that? Yeah. Like, that's dumb. Well, I've done impulsive things in my life, too, though. Yeah, we were, I mean, again, high school, young, dumb, impressionable, stupid kids. Love you, Skaggs. <laughs> Little less because of that, but I still love you. But it's yeah, man. It's just it's one of you, it's just who you are, and that's why I've always tried to keep in touch with you over the years. Just because I didn't want to lose the joy that you always brought me. I always laugh when I'm around you, and that's good. That's that's enough is to make me go to bed feeling better at night, and that's something that you bring to the table. Well, I think that probably those three days were the only time I was ever in a bad mood around you. Yeah, and it sucked. Don't ever do that again. I'll try my best not Stay to. Stay clear of footballs. Yeah, just don't throw stuff <laughs> in my head and I should <laughs> just be fine. Don't concuss Brad. Everything will be fine. Yeah. But another thing <laughs> Luckily that you're I have. your helmet. That would have been bad. So, like you mentioned, the whole like being uh, annoying and obnoxious thing. I think that a lot of that, and I'm probably going off on conspiracy theory stuff here. Is, Love that, it. is that allowed? Love conspiracies. Red 40. John Lennon died. Not John Lennon. The Paul McCartney died in 1966. Everybody, wake up. Sorry, continue. 1996. 1966. Oh. In the height of the British invasion. Anyways, I continue. Sorry, John Pena. I don't mean to uh, burst your bubble. He's a huge Beatles fan. Good buddy of mine. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I feel like food that has a lot of red 40 in it, it's like a dye that they put in everything. Mm. I don't know why, because it's in stuff that's not even red. Like if I eat or drink a red fruit punch, uh, it... It's like anxiety, except it's not tied to something bad. Yeah. It's just like, I got to get something out. And uh, it seems like food with Red 40 kind of gets me a little too amped up. I've heard that before. I think uh, my oldest, Rory, when he was younger, we used to give him Red Gatorade, and he would go ape shit. And somebody mentioned something about the there was something in... Did you notice a difference when you... Yeah, Not, we'd either yeah. dilute it with like three quarters of water and a little bit of Gatorade. Yeah, I can have a little bit. Yeah, or else we like go... Like it's in Doritos, it's in, of course, red Gatorade, it's in, it's in everything, man. It's wild. Anything processed. Yeah. Which I mean, I'm not saying that I have the healthiest diet on the planet, but I do try to stay away from the red 40. Man. But I mean, I can tell that it makes a difference. I don't know if it's a psychological thing. But I mean, like, I don't, it's, possible. it's like, well, I mean, there have been times in my life where I like, I can feel that I am being this way. And then like, I look up online, the ingredients of something that I ate before. And it was red 40. Like there was this apple juice that we used to get that had red 40 in it. Sounds and like, like it was delicious. Play. I love apple juice. Huh? So that sounds like a football audible. Red, red 40. 40. It does. Red 40. Red 40. Sorry. And then I just come running out of the back. <laughs> <laughs> This is why we need to film the podcast. <laughs> I mean, it gives me energy. Why is Brad on the field? He's not even in his lineup. What is he doing? <laughs> rip the Brad ball Ford, off the and start running it. <laughs> Just a trail of fruit punch Gatorade behind me. Whoever play a, a team whose colors were red and whoever was number 40. Brad annihilated him every time. That's right. He was like a bull. Except he, he didn't see just bones. red. He saw red 40. 
That's right. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I don't know. The the yellow yellow lake six doesn't seem to bother me. I think that one's safe. There's a like what are those even in food for? I don't know. Does it taste good? I have no idea. I mean I'm to the point in my I life like where a lot as of long things. as it tastes good. Yeah. Yeah, I just I don't know. Like I tried, to, I've tried the diet thing over the years with my fitness life, and God, I just I I prefer. I used to say I'd rather look delicious than eat delicious. It's about quality of life now. It's it's just about like, I mean, I don't know. I'm not unhealthy. Hey, well, it's not like I'm eating like 40 donuts a day and a couple diet cokes to level it. You look like you're still pretty fit. Well, so. thank you. Again, I'm married, but thank you. Well, I'm not fitting into anything. So yeah, you're fitting into that shirt, kind of. Oh, thank you. Bree bought it for me. Thank you, Bree. Jeez, you got a good one, don't you? I like her. That's she good. That's good, good that you like your girlfriend. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, glad hey, you hear that, Bree. Hey, Bree, if you didn't know, Brad, your boyfriend of however long likes you. Yeah. I don't know if she's allowed to listen to the podcast. I feel self-conscious about it. I mean, I'd tell her anything, but. Nah, she should hear this. This is real you. That's all it is. Yeah. Well, and she's let me. I think that that's what I like most about her. She's let me be the real me. Like, I've tried to change for people, like, in relationships. Nothing too bad. And, like, they never asked me to change. But it's just kind of something that you do. Like, oh, what would they like me to be? And, uh. Mm. Yeah. That probably caused a lot of anxiety. Yeah. Wanting to be the perfect person for that person. Yeah. That'll drive you nuts. Drive you absolutely nuts. Yeah, for like anybody. Like whether it's your boss or anything. Yeah. You turn into this fake person, you don't even know who you are anymore. I made my boss laugh once. Nice. Uh, he's a pretty serious guy. <laughs> but uh he <laughs> mentioned something in our maintenance meeting and uh I just looked at him, I'm like I didn't hire me. <laughs> he liked that one. I like the job though. It's good. That's good. It's a It's a lot of work. I mean, there's always something to do, but it makes the day go by very quick. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good, man. It's good. You got to find something that you enjoy doing. I mean, though, what's the old cliche 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 saying? What's Clitchy. the old cliche? Clitchy. What's the old Clitchy saying? That if, uh, what is it? You If you enjoy if what you, you do. If you don't know where you're going. Huh? I was going to say, if you enjoy what you do, you never work a day in your life. Don't put all your chickens in one basket. Yeah. I don't understand that. What that's because that that's not the same. It's ducks, right? Or I like to eggs, take eggs. sayings and mix them all up. So confused. Like, uh, you got to crack a few eggs to make a basket. And then you just walk <laughs> away. <laughs> hey, remember when, uh, I don't know why this just reminded me. Remember when me and you went to Chicago that one time, years and years and years ago? Took the train up there. We just walked around. We went to the Navy I Pier, do. to the maze. Some homeless guy rapped for us, and he was pissed off because I didn't give him any money. Yeah, why did we, uh, why did we do that? We were bored. Just because, yeah. Those are the best adventures. Yeah, we took the train. It was a good day. And then uh, what reminded me of it was uh, we saw that one magnet or something, and it said it was a joke. It was like, I, or what did it say is like I wish to live in a world I wish to live in a world where chickens can cross the road without having their intentions questioned 
<laughs> I just loved That's it. Great. I'm like, I love it. Uh, I got a, uh, I got a joke for you. I love jokes. Shout out to Bree. Oh, why did the chicken cross the road? Because <laughs> I can't do the chicken noise real good, but if I could, it'd be a whole lot funnier. Is that your your favorite joke too? Oh, that was good. I like it quite a bit. She's better at telling it than I am, but it was pretty good. Got to keep the jokes kid friendly on the podcast. Are you allowed to say podcast and a podcast? That felt weird for some reason. I don't see why not. Yeah. Do people say documentary when filming documentaries? Only in the intro. That's so meta. Whoa. Whoa. I don't know what that We're like was. The Deadpool of podcast. That's fancy. Because he's meta. I don't know what that means. You're going to have to explain what this means. This is, I'm not up to date on all of the... Is it, would that be considered a pop culture reference? Meta? Yeah, what does that mean? It means like... Uh, aware. Like how Deadpool... like he, Woke? Sure. Like Deadpool knows he's, he's like... He's wise to the lies. He knows he's in a comic book and he jokes oh, about it. Oh, he breaks, breaks the fourth the wall. Fourth wall. Yeah. Almost said the third wall, but that wouldn't make sense. That doesn't make any sense. That's like what the Kool-Aid guy does. You get it? Fourth wall because like when they're filming. Yeah. Okay. I'm just, I just. The Kool-Aid guy breaks the third wall. (laughs) Why? I don't want this to go online. It's got me talking in it. (laughs) All right. Oh, man. Ah, chikapa. Oh man, so yeah, man, it's good. Uh, it's good to catch up with with you and uh, get back together with you. I mean, I, like I said, I've been staying in touch with you over the years, but uh, last couple of years you've been in my uh, fantasy football league. I think I mentioned that earlier. Um, how's me how's it going? Sprung. How's your uh, fantasy league going? Not so good. What's your uh, record right now? One and one. Oh, so am I. So you're good. You're in good shape. It's gonna be a one win season, I think. <laughs> Why? What's wrong with your team? I need running backs and wide receivers and a defense, and it's a 16-team league. <laughs> so there's, like, nobody in free agency or waivers, nothing. I picked up the guy. Oh, the guy, yes. From the, the Patriots, Harris, Harry, Harris. He's running back, right? Yeah, he's coming back in week four because he hurt his finger. Mm. I feel like he should have been playing the whole time probably, but whatever. But, you know, it's not going to be Tom Brady just throwing it to Julian Edelman. Probably gonna be. Who's their quarterback now? Oh, Cam, Cam Newton yeah. throwing it to Julian Edelman. But you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe he'll get a couple of carries. Maybe I mean, which would be an upgrade for my team. Cam Newton is a pretty damn good running back, though. So yeah, yeah, I know he's the best running back on the team by far. Yes, <sighs> it's just very stressful. So you need receivers, running backs, and a defense. Yeah, DJ Shark ain't done nothing, and he's injured. Uh, Devontae Adams, I can't even start him because I don't have any other options in that game. It's the late game. Uh, the so if I take a chance on him, it's like, and he doesn't play, then I don't have anyone else to go in. Damn. Well, I mean... Uh, I, for some reason, really wanted to pick up Grant from Miami mm-hmm. before the game because like, I remembered watching him play. Like He looks good. He looks like a little Tyreek Hill. And, like, I would have been happy with 11 points. That's pretty good for my team. And a half-point PPR, 11 points. 
Uh, I guess. And like Mike Gesicki catches one pass. But it was a touchdown. Yeah, but it was one pass. But it was a touchdown. It very easily could have been zero points. You're thinking of the glass half empty. I'm thinking of the glass completely empty, Rory. He scored a touchdown. Barely. God, I would not want to be on your fantasy team. Fitzpatrick overthrew him. He's lucky he caught that. Well, he has a bad quarterback. They need Tua in there. They looked pretty good last night. Yeah. Well, they played. Who they play? Jaguars, right? Yeah. Garbage. What's up with all these Thursday night garbage games? It's like Browns Bengals last week, and the week before that was, like I said, Kansas City. And well, I Texans. mean, if a shitty team's going to play, you might as well match them up against the shitty team, try to make it close. Yeah. And nobody so watches anyway. Thursday night games anyway. I watch Thursday night games. Because, like, nobody has the NFL network on their, their package. So, like, it used to be on ESPN. And then, oh, there's ways to watch it. I like it following the rules. I don't know the rules. Oh, Brad, that's how you get in trouble. And that's why your fantasy team sucks. It's bad karma. Yeah. For... But, you know, well, you never know. Season, uh, we still got, what, 12 more weeks till the playoffs? You never know what could happen. It's a 16-team league. Yes, the I'm The league aware. was won at the draft. On a 12-team think... league, I wouldn't think that way. But it's a 16-team league, Rory. Yes, I am aware. I made it. I mean, the guy who got the, had the 16th pick in the draft is in uh, uh, second place right now with points and record. It doesn't matter what pick you were. It just matters that it was done at the draft. There's no one on the waiver wire. What are you supposed to do? I just picked up Homeboy from San Fran. Yeah, like yesterday or two days ago. Wilson. The best thing that I could have done for my team was lose week one so that I actually would have been able to get someone off the waiver wire. (laughs) (laughs) Now you're middle of the pack. Yeah. It's the worst. Like I was, I had the second pick and like there was, there was legit no one that I thought would be better than who I drafted. Like if I would have had the second waiver pick, like after week one, I'd have been fine. I'd probably be ranked second, maybe third. Sure. Probably second. Yeah. Because I would have picked up Robinson from the Jaguars. Yes, you would have. Because I have very good foresight. Do you? No, I think I could have got him and I passed him up. (laughs) Well, I mean, Chris Thompson is going to, he's going to break out. You are the woulda, coulda, shoulda guy. Yeah, I know. Oh, well. Hey, there's always next year. And now you're stuck. You have to come back. I'm not going to not let you come back. It's a keeper league. You can't just quit. You know, I always said that uh, I'm not friends with anybody from high school anymore. But I still got you. You know? I like it. Yeah. I mean, we don't see each other normally. We don't talk every single day, but we're still buds, you know? Like something were to happen like fantasy football like i hadn't talked to you in a while and last year i posted about starting up a league and you were like yeah i'll do it i'm like oh cool i think i said something along the lines of i'll win your fantasy football league rory yeah and you didn't even make the playoffs but hey whatever um i tried you did i think most people tried i barely missed the playoffs that's okay that's okay i i understand i mean i barely 
barely made the playoffs with the first seed, but I still did anyways. Yeah. Did but you I didn't win. I had the first up... overall pick last year too. I don't remember. No, I had the fifth. Fifth, yeah. Oh. I took freaking Todd Gurley over Zeke Elliott because he hadn't signed his auto his contract yet. Yeah. Stupid. Stupid well, I mean, draft day blunder. Do? That's all it was. But I mean, like you always hear about these contract negotiations, and like they always seem to go through. Yeah. Like if they're if they're there right before the season. Then they always seem to go through. I mean, stuff happens in the off season where yeah. they're like, "No, we're not going to do it." But like, I don't know of any big contracts that have fallen through like right when everything's getting started. Well, no, but actually, why I didn't take Zeke was my brother Bobby, who I mentioned earlier. He's my guy, you know. So I was telling Bobby, I'm like, "Yeah, I'm going to take Zeke, even though he hasn't signed his contract. And if he's there at five, I'm taking him. Like, he's going to sign his contract. There's no way he's not going to. I'll take him." And my brother was like, yeah, that's that's cool. He's like, I said the same thing last year when I took Le'Veon. And then he didn't sign his contract and he sat out the whole year. I guess. <laughs> and I was I like, guess, oh, yeah. oh, no. But that's the only thing that I can remember is Le'Veon. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that that really. But that ooh, literally, it was like one. literally like the day before the draft, he said that to me. And I'm like, oh. And like. So how did that go down? Like in a ESPN league? Like, were you just. uh like if you picked up Le'Veon Bell, like he wasn't injured, so he no, couldn't go he on the out. He was reserve. just projected zero points a week. At least he wasn't like on the do not drop list or something. Oh, can't drop. <laughs> yeah, right. It would be. What is that about? I think it's like your first two rounds. I don't know. I'm yeah, not but a, why? I don't know. It's ridiculous. I can't drop Chris McCaffrey, even though he's hurt. Like right I mean, now. if there's a league where someone drops a healthy Christian McCaffrey. And someone picks it up, then just have the commissioner go change that. If somebody dropped a healthy Christian McCaffrey from their fantasy team, they'd be kicked out of the league. Then they need to come on my show and talk because they obviously have have some issues they need to work out. Yeah. When you try to sabotage your life like that, he's just, he's everything. (laughs) He's everything. And he's out for six weeks. Six weeks, man. But it's all good. Well, Love Bell's out for the full season, essentially. Yeah. Go Adam Gase. How is Adam Gase a coach? Is this... Oh my God. Are we a, allowed to talk about this? I mean, we could briefly talk about how I think he's either a crackhead or a robot. Well, you, you saw that clip from last year where he had, like, the, the smelling salts, and he's like, woo and- <laughs> You see the video? He, he takes a big old sniff yeah, of something and then freaks out. He was at his uh, the one press conference and his eyes were like going everywhere and somebody made a video and they edited like a taco. <laughs> and they made it to where like his eyes were following the taco and it was, oh my God, I love the internet sometimes. Sometimes it's a dark and scary place. Other times it's, it makes you feel good. Even when it's dark and scary, it's usually kind of funny on top of it. Yeah. Yeah, there's always some good dark humor out there. But, like, what the hell? Like, if he's such a brilliant offensive mind, then why don't you just make him, like, an offensive coordinator and let, like, a real coach do You know why he got head coaching jobs? Because Peyton Manning... Too close to the head. Sorry. Peyton Manning had, what, 55 touchdowns for his offense because he's Peyton Manning and he had three number one wide receivers. Peyton Manning was clearly the coach. Yeah. And then he comes to the Bears and Jay Cutler has a halfway decent Jay Cutler season. So they're like, this guy's a god. And then he gets the job in Miami. And then that didn't work out. And the Jets being the Jets were like, yeah, why not? 
Like they, it makes perfect they sense. Have all the evidence in the world it. not to hire this man. And they're like, nah, we'll give him a shot. What the H? Oh. They must have a very loyal fan base. The J E T S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Yeah, they do. Those New Yorkers. New Yorkers going to the Jets game. Wow, going to the Jets game. J E T Jets. <laughs> Jets, Jets, Jets. They don't even play in New York. They play in East Rutherford. That's like if the Bears played in like Naperville. Yeah, it's weird. Right? Same with Dallas Cowboys. They don't play in Dallas. But is it New York the state? Because some teams they could, I guess. have the name of the state. Like, it's weird. And like the Carolina Panthers, that's not the name of the state or a city. The Bears games, man, the last two weeks. I can't. It's not good for my health. I, don't, I mean, definitely not good for my mental health. Like, shit, man. I was having a heart attack last week. And the week before that, my like I thought my soul left my body when that guy dropped a touchdown for the Lions. Oh yeah, that uh that wasn't a Bears win. No. That was a Bears escape. They just it was just like dumb luck. Yeah. It's stressful. It's super stressful. God, I wish I hated sports. Yeah. I don't know why I like football. It's the only sport that I watch. Yeah. I watch a little playoff basketball. But, like, I set aside Sundays yeah. to watch football. That's the only thing that I do. My thing is uh, my thing is that we're committed because of the fantasy. Yeah. Fantasy aspect. But, like, other than that, like, I only watch the Bears. I could give a shit about any of the other teams. I'll watch Bears games and the Super Bowl. I won't even watch the regular playoff games. I might turn them on if they're on. Oh, I love playoff football. I know, it's intense. I remember... Well, it's crazy how much, like, everyone just seems to run faster when the playoffs start. The greatest game, NFL game I've seen, was the AFC Championship, like, I think, like, 2010, maybe? It was the Steelers and the Ravens. The hardest hitting game I've ever seen in my life. People were like literally getting taken off left and right on stretchers because they were just destroying each other. I remember Ryan Clark and Willis McGahee met middle of the field. Neither of them got back up. It was one of the hardest collisions I've ever seen and it was all because of these for the Super Bowl. It was the AFC Championship. There was like nothing left on that field. And I think that was uh, when the Steelers lost to the Packers. So yeah, it was 2010. What a terrible year. So they go from winning one of the most hard-hitting, intense physical games to losing to A.A. Ron. They beat themselves up so much. Yeah. But I remember that. That was best one of the best playoff football games I've seen. I remember a game between the Steelers and Cincinnati. It was a playoff football game. There were like a few hits in the game, but... Uh, it was whoever on the Steelers, his last name was Gay. He played for a while. Oh, the corner? But, uh, yeah. Yeah. And oh, that collision, just the sound of it. And both of them were knocked out cold. Yeah. Like, that can't be good for you. No. And that's like one thing that I'm kind of terrified of, or at least I want to get more information about it, is going back to my mental, my mental health stuff is I played football for like 12, 13 years. I guess you can count 13 if so, whatever. But, anyways, um, 
you see like your frontal lobe. I'm not an expert or anything. I'm not a doctor by any means, but the frontal lobe in the front of your brain is where a lot of your emotions are kept. And that's why uh, you see a lot of these old timey football players kind of losing their minds. And a lot of them are taking their own lives because they're so messed up in the, and uh, it's from that continue the CTE, the continuous trauma to the brain, to that frontal lobe. And I mean, I know I'm not, I didn't play in the NFL or anything, but still from six years old to 18 years old, I was getting hit in the head on the regular, you know, and it kind of makes me think like maybe that has something to do with my mental state, my, you know, because sometimes my emotions are so up and down all the time. And I was on a, um, a mood stabilizer for a while, just to try to fucking balance it out. And I, I even asked my doctor about that. If she thought that it was something that could be it. And she was just like, well, I don't know. We have to get tests and yada, yada, yada. But that's something I think about all the time. Like sometimes I'll be in the middle of a sentence and I forgot what I was talking about. You know, it's terrifying. Yeah. But football was just a way of life. It was just part of my life. I was forced into it when I was six years old. Barely could probably even finish a sentence correctly, but my dad put me in football because that's what dads did in the 90s. And now I'm sitting here, 27, almost 28 years old, thinking about if I have brain damage from it, which is kind of scary. And uh, I don't know, man. I just uh, It's one of the things you got to keep your mind try to keep your mind sharp that's why i like writing a lot because it does it keeps my mind smooth keeps going i like to do uh, uh puzzles when i can just to figure stuff out in my mind well I you got, mentioned solitaire I yeah like solitaire a lot too so you're probably not gonna let your boys play football then they'd probably I, be good at it but there's a lot of sports out there i've been so back and forth with it like rory the older one like i don't know i mean he said he, he wants to do karate which i absolutely love that idea to teach him some self-discipline and self-defense would be amazing. Brody, I think it's... Well, he's too young to know what he wants to I do. I know, but he's... He'd make a good fullback. He's going to be huge, and that's going to be so hard. He's going to walk through a high school, and a coach is going to be like, hey, son, put his hand up on the wall like a coach would be like, how big are you? <laughs> you look... You look, What are you like? What are you like? 260? 265? I want you to come out for the team, son. Like, that's going to happen. Because he's going to be huge. If he's as big as my dad or my grandpa, that's just what's going to happen. And that's what I think is going to happen with Brody, that he's going to be that big. He's already... So, I don't know. I mean, maybe wrestling. He could be a shot putter in track. Wrestling was probably the best thing that I ever did for myself. Like, I loved football. But uh, wrestling, like, really toughened me up mentally, I think. Oh, yeah. Just like, I mean, because, I mean, you'd start doing sprints once you were exhausted. Yeah. (laughs) They'd completely tire you out. Well, I mean, it was a two-mile warm-up run, and I remember all the track distance runners, like, they wouldn't even do a warm-up run, and just the level of endurance that everyone... Well, I mean, that's why we had such a good wrestling team. Yeah, you guys were loaded. My job was to not get pinned. I did pretty good at it. You had a couple uh, state champs on your squad too for there for a little bit. Couple uh, couple runners up, couple all staters. I believe that I could beat the state champs that were on the wrestling team. Who, Billy? He was not a state champ when I was in wrestling. Yeah, he. Oh, when did you not wrestle senior year? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. I was gonna say he won his junior year. But yeah, he could. He could. What about uh? What about pretty bad? What about Baby Lenton? I'd wrestled him before, and I'm going to say it wasn't easy, but I could beat a state champion. 
I had done it multiple times. Hey, shout out, shout out to Trent, man. He was a uh, state champ. I think his sophomore year. That's more accolades than I can ever have. So shout out to Trent Lyons and Billy Chancy, one of the biggest badasses, a legit Billy badass, two-time state champ. I have a feeling that if Trent was at his normal walking around weight, I might not have been able to beat him. No, Trent was shifty. With his, uh, he, oh, he knew yeah. how to use this tiny body. I'm sure that he beat me a few times, but I did beat him, and he was a state champion. So he probably weighed 100 pounds more than him. Uh, probably about that, yeah. <laughs> oh man, but yeah. So yeah, I see. Uh, see how it goes with the boys. If they want to wrestle, that'd be great. Wrestling and karate, just self defense stuff. Never be the aggressor. Always to be the protector. I'd be down for that. But yeah, so. Uh yeah, so my uh my mental state, my mind, and my brain, I don't know if it is damaged and that's cause or one of the causes, but I'm always trying to stay strong and and uh just keep things going and uh I'm really glad that you came on, came by and I appreciate all the audio equipment. That was a great help. Well, um, thanks for letting me come on. Yeah, man. I, uh... Please come back whenever, even if you want to come back just to produce and we can use the audio equipment and you can help us out with everything. That'd be awesome, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I enjoy doing this sort of thing. So yeah, absolutely. I'm definitely down. Maybe you have your found your calling. I don't know. You could be my uh, producer. That Just get the, cool. the soundboard ready with all the sound effects. We're gonna need those. Soon. Oh, I love that. We're gonna have so many good sound effects. <laughs> awesome. Or I could just have you actually play a guitar in the background. Just what? single chords. Just single chords. I'll play one song and one song only. My Humps by Black Eyed Peas. Exactly. <laughs> all right, Brad. I'm gonna get you out of here before you. Start rambling on about something else, and then we could talk about for something for another three hours. Thanks again, man. I appreciate it. It was an honor to come on the show. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you again to my buddy Brad for coming on tonight. I uh, appreciate him coming uh, coming up. from. Uh, it takes about 45 minutes to get to my house. Uh, he's the first in-person guest I've had. Uh, he was gracious enough to let me borrow some of his uh, audio equipment. Uh, so that was pretty cool. So hopefully the audio sounds a lot better in this episode than it did in the previous. Um if you guys in, uh, enjoyed Brad and his wacky stories, uh, let me know because uh, he's kind of nervous. He's not sure if uh, you guys are going to like him or not, but he's a very likable guy. I think everybody wants to hear his story. He's gonna, They're going to know that Brad's actually a really cool dude. Um, again, if anybody ever, uh, ever wants to come on, just uh, contact me. Let me know. Uh, I'll be more than happy to get you on whenever we can as soon as possible, actually. Uh, Brad, I know. Brad Gutzman, rather. He's been trying to get on for the last couple of weeks. So, Brad, I'm trying to get you on as soon as I can, bud. I uh, tried getting you tonight, but uh, duty calls, and that's more important. Um, but, yeah, so I'm going to uh, end the the shows with the quote. Uh, I just I wanted to find something that kind of was a little quirky, kind of goes with uh, Brad's personality. As you know, he's very outgoing. Uh, he's very outlandish, and he's a fun, funny guy. So I just wanted I found a quote. And uh, it kind of sticks to uh, Brad's personality, but it also has some kind of uh, inspiration behind it as well. And it says, if you were able to believe in Santa Claus for like eight years, you can believe in yourself for like five minutes. And it's simple as that. Sometimes all it takes is five minutes to have some self-confidence to succeed or to uh, go forward with something, take the step to uh, make, it to make a uh, determination like me, for example took me maybe two minutes to decide that I was going to start a podcast and now I'm on the fifth episode and there's more to come and, and sometimes that's all it takes all it takes is five minutes of self-confidence and self-belief to get to the next step to the next level to move on with your life to get better so that's all we need guys and um, 
like I said, we're all in this together. Nobody's alone. Uh, if everybody, anybody wants to come and talk, please let me know. I'd love to get you on. I want to hear everybody's stories. I want to hear where everybody's at. And then we'll get you on again in a later on later episode just to hear where you're at from there. All right. So everybody have a good night. Have a beautiful weekend. It's supposed to be rainy, I think, where I'm at. But if not, oh, well, doesn't matter. And once again, it's not going to be perfect, but it'll be worth it.